0: So here we are, part two of the season finale and the second half of the story of my life. On one hand, you have excitement, anticipation, and an enormous sense of accomplishment. And on the other hand, you have fear of taking that next step, worrying coming off a certain way, and doubt that I could have gotten this far. Now, when I say we... I don't mean the usual where it's myself, a guest, and whoever you are that cared enough to tune in for 10 episodes. Nah. It's just you and me for this one. Think of it as a phone call where you're listening the whole time. And in return for your time, I would like to thank you for every second you spent here. Now, I know last episode ended abruptly and... I swear that's only because I had to go to work. But I promise to paint a better picture. So let's pick up with what else happened when I was 16. The most memorable thing about this age was losing my grandmother. And an accurate way to describe it was the world around me felt so much smaller. Um, I stopped caring About a lot of things, except for the music I was into, anime, and this girl I was dating. Before we continue, I want to give a disclaimer that any women I mention being with, I'm going to address them by their astrology sign. So, I was dating this girl, she's a Leo, and this was around the time my grandmother was getting sick. They never met in person, barely spoke on the phone. Actually most of the time we dated was spent talking over the phone and we went on like two dates at most. So I got hit with a realization at a certain point that I had to live without the woman who taught me so much and with that came a wave of depression and I spent so much time in my thoughts picking through memories for anything that was a sign and would answer when, why, or how she just got this bad and, and faded out of my life. Or uh, I remember asking myself, you know, what more could I have done to save her? And um, yeah, that was that was really, that was how it went for me at that age. And at 17, some pretty interesting things were happening, that's for sure. Um, I was pretty much on my own but did stay with a few relatives i was cutting school all the time and it's funny because through that i became a musician i'll dive into that for a bit so one day i cut school with these two dudes i was cool with and we found ourselves at a guitar center out in brooklyn on atlantic avenue there was this raffle going on where the grand prize was an electric guitar bundle and 10 weeks of free lessons. We all dropped our emails in and went about our lives. That was it. Now I wasn't one of those teens that had a computer or much access to a computer at home. So one day I go to Tommy's house to hang out and I, I totally forgot about the raffle at this point. But While I was there, something told me to check my emails. And sure enough, I see one that says, you've won the guitar drawing. And in parentheses, in caps, uh, it also said, this is not a scam. I (laughs) I was confused more than anything until I saw they tried to contact me three other times. I showed Tommy and I remember saying, yo, I need to go to Brooklyn like right now. So we ran around Atlantic Avenue looking for a place called Brooklyn Guitar School. I got my guitar, signed up for my lessons, and thinking back on it, as cliche as it sounds, that experience made me feel like music chose me. Because I didn't see myself playing anything outside of maybe piano. So, you know, who would have thought that cutting school would lead to such an outcome? So I did the 10 weeks um, which taught me beginner chords and the basics and the school had us individually perform any song of our choosing and I wanted to perform either Love's Not a Competition by the Kaiser Chiefs or My Hero by the Foo Fighters. Realistically I couldn't learn either in time and ended up doing a song we learned in class and of course that went horribly. It was my first performance. It was dreadful. Tommy and Chris, who you guys know back from episode five, shout out to Tofu Wheel Productions, uh, they both came to see me play that afternoon. But that's it with the music thing for now. It's not the end of it because music seems to have a way of popping in and out of my life. So we'll get to that in a bit. And as far as my living situation goes, My cousin and I still lived in our grandmother's apartment with our grandfather, but we bumped heads way too much. Outside of the two aunts that used to live with us and an uncle I'll mention later, I was the one left to take care of our grandfather after he got really sick for the second time. So juggling depression, failing in school, and struggling to figure out who I was at that age, it was a bit much for me. And... So my grandmother passing took its toll on everyone in the family in many ways. My youngest cousin dealt with it in his own way. I'll just leave it at that. But I admit that there was a part of me that envied the fact that he was able to live his life however he wanted. And me, on the other hand, I was forced to grow up. So I decided that I would help my grandfather to the best of my ability. And when he was healthy enough, I made the decision to back my things and leave. Now, I know you're probably wondering what the relationship dynamic was like between us. But honestly, there wasn't much to it. He was a 70-something-year-old war vet that liked baseball. And I was an angry teenager who played way too much Resident Evil 4. The only thing that felt like common ground between us... Was that we were heartbroken about the same person. However, there was a moment between us that I'll never forget. One day I was helping him with a ton of things. And I believe I was untying his shoes and resting his feet on the bed. Yeah, that's what I was doing. When he turns to me and says, You know, at first I didn't get what she saw in you. But I get it now. You're a good kid. And that shocked the hell out of me because he never said nice things to anyone and those of you who called the house phone to speak to me or my younger cousin around that time you know exactly what i mean by that back to the story though so i stayed with each of my two aunts and an uncle for a period of time and it was cool for what it was worth the first aunt was exactly that the cool but stern aunt she did a lot for me um I don't really remember why I left, but I'm sure I had a good reason. Now, as far as the second aunt goes, our relationship was a bit different because she felt like she felt like a mother figure to me, but a few things caused us to grow apart. I'll give you the biggest example. Remember when I said last episode that my family was devoted to a certain religion, even though more than 90% of them weren't baptized into it? Well, yeah, this aunt was definitely like that. And my three cousins and I Bible studied with this wonderful guy. And when he got married, his wife joined along with us as well. Um, The couple was very close to my family and they were just very nice people. So, when I was living with this second aunt, it became more and more obvious she had this expectation of me becoming one of those religious teens. So she had me Bible study with the guy and his wife, mostly the guy, but it was it was often and honestly, it felt good falling for the idea that I was part of something bigger than myself. But deep down in my soul, I still felt like I still felt like I hadn't discovered who I was as an individual yet. And to mold myself into what she wanted me to be wouldn't have answered that question. I remember her Bible study teacher took my aunt, my aunt's daughter, and myself to a place where everyone baptized into this religion had lived amongst each other as a community. And that was interesting to me because I never seen, I never saw anything like that before. I guess she was under the impression that showing me all this would make me want it for myself But it didn't, and when she noticed I was studying less and not wanting to attend the meetings, it pissed her off. On top of that, my grades weren't getting better, and she still looked out for me financially even after I left. And I will always be grateful for that and for both aunts. I guess I just grew apart from them. It's a bit of a blur at this point in my life, but... I do remember I was turning 18. I was dating this new girl and living with my uncle, his wife, and kids who are my blood cousins. That uncle was, let me tell you, man, that uncle was one of the greatest people I have ever known. Even when I had money, he always made sure to slip me a few extra dollars. And he had snacks and food for days, just like how my grandmother used to. They were so much alike, um, my uncle and my grandmother. I mean, I mean, I guess it makes sense because she was his mom, so the leaves didn't fall too far from the tree. Um, and uh, I remember around a week before my 18th birthday, I kept crying whenever I had alone time because I was approaching a milestone that... I didn't want to experience without my grandmother, but I didn't have much of a choice. Her birthday was two days before mine, so on that day in between, we would often celebrate it together. And I found myself every year going forward avoiding any type of celebrating my birthdays, if I could help it. And thinking back on it, outside of getting her birth date tattooed, on my wrist later on in life. I think 18 was when I accepted that she was really gone. So getting into the girl I was dating, her sign is a Taurus. We were quite the opposite in many ways, but it worked while it lasted for the two plus years that it did. I truly believe we were placed in each other's lives to teach each other that the circumstances life handed us didn't define who we were and shouldn't hold us back from achieving our goals the problem was our goals weren't the same and we drifted apart i will say this though because strangely enough our paths crossed again not too long ago but if you guys only knew how tough she had it throughout the years while I was with her and you know while we weren't together it doesn't compare to how wonderful her life turned out but back to the story so I'm 19 years old now and at this point I had been in a few bands and I will touch on one of those bandmates later because she was one of the closest friends I ever had actually no I'm lying we were best friends for sure The problem is that I was the one that ruined it. Um, I was also living with my second oldest sister and her children, and it was so much fun. It wasn't the freedom I had, because I was still juggling school and had been working my first actual job, and I was still with the Taurus girl. The fun came from the fact that I was truly reunited with one of my siblings again, after so many years of seeing each other on occasion. But in the midst of that, music found its way to me again. Not through any raffles, my luck wasn't that great, but through a guy who I will always be grateful for that impacted my life in more ways than he will ever know. So my sister had a friend stay with us from the South. His name was Hamilton, But we called him Uncle Hammy. My sister needed help around the house after getting a much needed surgery done. And I could only do so much with everything. I was juggling at the time. And, you know, Hamilton being a great guy, he picked up the pieces I couldn't add to the puzzle. And he did his best. Thinking back on it, I swear he was like a character out of a movie. He was the cool drifter guy from the south that knew how to sing, always carried a harmonica with him, and never failed at making a friend in every room he stepped foot in. This guy was more excited about my development and potential as a musician than I was. And I know because he was always trying to sit me down and write music, and I didn't think I knew enough to do any of that. So one night, he lit a fire under me, and persuaded me to come do an open mic with him at this bar that was a few blocks away from the house. Now, I've walked by there dozens of times and was always creeped out by it because the front had these huge black doors, and with the few peeks I got of the inside, I noticed the whole place was dimly lit with a red lighting, like it was some nightclub from the early 2000s. Oh, and the name of the place didn't help either. It was called Hellgate Social. So Hamilton convinced me to go. And I was going through the motions real bad. Because despite being in a few bands, I rarely played in front of crowds, let alone strangers. So I felt like I wasn't ready. But he saw something in me that proved otherwise. So we did a cover of a song called Plush by a group we both loved called stone temple pilots i know i did well but man did he knock it out of the park he was incredible and we even added a little improv to the song and he was harmonizing so well with my playing it was unreal unlike anything i'd ever experienced before and when i tell you everyone in that bar loved us that night They loved us. People were buying him drinks left and right. And I couldn't even use the bathroom without someone complimenting me on how well we did. It was madness. People wanted to buy me drinks. And I'm like, nah, I'm only 19. I can't drink. So they fed me and got me sodas instead. Another thing I remember about that night that I will never forget is after our performance, we sat at the bar. Chopping it up with the bartender... Um, her name was april there was a redhead and this random guy who was a huge fan of radiohead so this song starts playing and i asked around to see if anyone knew the name of it because at the time it was unlike anything i ever heard and of course the radiohead guy knew the name the album and all that so he takes a swig of whatever he was drinking and says oh that's everything in its right place by radiohead off their kid a album i still listen to that song to this day and back in april of 2021 i got the name of the song tattooed on my chest kind of as a reminder to never forget that night and also that things will happen when they're meant to happen i just have to work hard and trust the process and that night changed my life because I wasn't ever nervous to play in front of anyone ever again. And if I messed up a hundred times, it didn't matter. I still kept going. So, Hamilton and I hung out at this bar here and there. And I think we performed once or twice more after that night that we did um that song. Uh, I know he kept singing with friends he had made there. And... I don't know what happened over time but I thought it wasn't getting me anywhere if I stayed there and prioritized music and started focusing on other things. In some way it just didn't seem logical to, I don't know, to do that. Next thing I know, I end up moving with the Taurus girl and her family. Nothing went wrong with my sister, Hamilton, my niece, or my nephews. I just really allowed myself to get caught up in other things. The sad thing about it is that over time I found out the Redhead and a few other musicians wanted to work with me. I just lost contact with them and life went on. So now I'm 20 and really starting to feel like life was passing by it was the same thing over and over work school relationship and each required my attention i just didn't know how to balance it all i was working dead-end jobs still my relationship with the Taurus girl was coming to an end which led to me moving in with tommy and his family and I never told anyone this outside of the people that helped me out, but I was still in high school only because I needed the free Metro card to commute from one job to the next. I was barely m- making money, and outside of bills, I used a lot of the little I had to survive. And the school started tracking me down and noticed I only stayed until certain times of the day. Some days I wouldn't show up at all. But honestly, I hated it. I really hated it there. It was nothing about that place that I liked. Outside of maybe a few people. Um, but, yeah. My behavior led to them cutting off my MetroCard, I guess. So, I kind of made a decision and I was like, alright. Fine. I started attending classes more and passing more classes when I was just working one job. But there was this overwhelming feeling of shame and embarrassment that I couldn't shake, even though a lot of people there had no clue how old I was. I fortunately haven't ever looked my age. And one day I sat down with my guidance counselor, the assistant principal and some other lady I don't remember and I straight up said listen I can't drag this out any longer it's time I moved on with my life and they begged me to stay of course mostly because the school had a horrible graduation rate and they thought they could sell me a dream that I could graduate at the age of 21 and I said no because I couldn't pretend anymore Like, I wasn't the oldest student passing through the halls with a guitar on my back, because that's exactly who I had become. Maybe I wasn't the only one floating around in that place, but I was drained. I was really drained at that point. There's also the fact that the Taurus girl and so many of my peers and friends had gone on and started college, pursued careers... Here we getting married and starting families. Yeah, here I was doing absolutely nothing with myself and just falling behind. So with being a dropout, I focused more on both working and my relationship, which is quite literally how I spent practically all my 20s. We'll get to that more later, though. I will say this. I did eventually start an online high school in which I paid for out of pocket, though it was a huge struggle, but I did it. I was not trying to go after a GED. I wanted a high school diploma. And thank God most of my credits were able to transfer from the old school because it gave me breathing room to focus on a trade And so I learned basic pharmacology, and that's what I graduated with. Before I get into the roller coaster ride that was my 20s, I want to briefly touch on my time spent with Tommy and his family. So, the Taurus girl and I had a bad breakup, and Tommy gave me a place to stay until I got back on my feet again. I started getting really cool with his sisters and his parents and I really enjoyed my time there I really enjoyed it Tommy and I had spent a lot of time hanging out before you know life started taking us in different directions but damn was it fun we started a band when he learned on his own how to play bass we did a few covers put out two hilarious songs um, put each other onto so much music, him more than me, because he has such good taste when it comes to a lot of things, and I couldn't tell you how many times he would ask me to play Beatles rock band, but yeah, like I said, life started taking us in different directions, he had his own things going on, and I started dating the Leo girl again, and eventually moved out. Not because there was any friction between us or me and his family. There wasn't. Tommy and I jokingly curse each other out. All the time. Even to this day. There's there's no real arguing between us. And when something seems to test our friendship, we know exactly how to sit down and address it like adults. It's just simply that life had different plans for us I do want to say though and I can't stress it enough I am forever grateful to my sister my aunt, my uncle the Taurus girl and her family along with Tommy and his family for opening their homes to me and caring enough about my future and my well-being now going forward uh, I'm about to address a huge elephant in the room. One of the things I've avoided talking about for quite some time, especially since the release of last episode, and that's my longest relationship. Because it's like so many things happened over the years, and I think that's why it hurts to sit and pick through broken memories. There are things in life that are inevitable, and this is exactly one of those things for me. I mean, it it still doesn't process in my mind sometimes. Like, How could something I put my heart and soul into completely fail outside of this podcast? I don't talk about my grandmother at all, but I found myself wondering how disappointed she would be If she was still around and knew how much time I wasted on someone who didn't ever tell me she had fallen out of love with me. Never get it twisted though. There are a handful of things we got to share and see together that I'm so grateful for. The greatest thing I would say she did for me was pushing me to get my passport so we could see fractions of the world together. And as much as I complained about where the money was coming from, damn near every time she would mention going somewhere new. I thoroughly enjoyed myself each and every time. And I will never forget that. Not only did both her and her younger sister teach me how to drive before my road test. But we traveled so many hours all over certain states. Sometimes with the whole family. We were always ready for an adventure so... Best believe when Paramore had a show within, uh, within driving distance, and the money was right, we were there. We were definitely there, and we've seen a few. Um, we've seen a few other artists as well. Oh, I have a oh boy, <laughs> I have a balloon story. I will definitely share with you someday. But yeah, so. We always had fun trusting her Halloween and she did a great job on my birthdays up until maybe 2018, but we'll get into that more later. We didn't get to have kids of our own, but we got to be a part of raising three of them. Her brother and his wife have two boys. One is seven and one is three. And her second eldest sister has a two-year-old girl and we've loved these kids unconditionally so when I tell you I wasn't aware there was such a divide between us between Leo and I I honestly didn't I guess I didn't realize that what we were building for so long was just just fragile completely fragile In the beginning, it was a bit rough on both parts because we found ourselves being involved in situations we both shouldn't have been in, so we worked past them, and it showed because we were madly in love then. Right at the best parts of that, she steps out of the relationship, and that hurt because The fact of it all was we only got back together because she came looking for me. I was fresh out of a breakup, but I would have been just fine. And I said that so much over the years when sometimes I felt like I should have just left. And I've said this to her and she's hated it every time. And um, we never got through this thing, and I handled it in the worst way possible. I started talking to other women, but I realized it wasn't going anywhere. It wasn't getting anywhere. So I stopped, and eventually she found out. We never really forgave each other. We just cemented over it and kept going. But I was optimistic, and knew I had to show her she meant the world to me so going forward I knew that I had to work hard if this relationship was going to work and time went on and so did the ups and downs I didn't care because I was so sure she wanted the same things I did things got really bad and she stepped out again I was trying my hardest to make her feel loved or to provide in some way with the little I had to offer. I messed up on a lot of her birthdays, and in some way, I i thought that since my birthday is the day before Valentine's Day, if I dedicated any time on my birthdays to making up for where I had failed, then preparing or getting things together for Valentine's Day... Was it seemed like the best way to do it. That's not to say I ruined the other holidays. Because I didn't. But. Nothing seemed to work. We kept spending time together. Regardless to whether we. Just got into a big fight. Some verbal. Some physical. Now before you jump to conclusions. I didn't ever lay a finger on her. I saw enough of that with my parents. And always knew that. I didn't want to be anything like that in my relationships. At most, I was always restraining because the way I see it, nobody ever violently puts their hands on the person they intend to spend the rest of their lives with. Nothing about that falls under the category of love. And so time goes on and I was beginning to feel stuck in a routine again. My living situation was very complicated I was becoming more angry with how much time and effort I was giving to another dead-end job. And that started spilling over into the relationship. I became bitter and mean from all the things I was suppressing. I hated how I had little to offer and so much little going for myself. But at the same time, I wasn't sure what I wanted. All I know was... <clears throat> all I know was I wanted to live comfortably doing whatever job would allow me to live that way I wanted a home I could call my own and I was open to starting a family with Leo which leads to the next chapter of all this Leo's first nephew was born he's a seven-year-old I mentioned and 2014 he came into our lives And changed everything. And with him growing before our eyes and being around a lot, we spent our time raising him. Like it didn't need to be spoken, but we both could feel like deep down that he loved us like parents. He felt like our son, although biologically it wasn't true. And we had to talk to him a few times about not calling us mommy and daddy because he was doing that a lot as he was getting older. Even though it didn't feel wrong to be looked at in that way, we just we just didn't want his parents to feel any way about it. In 2015, I remember saving enough money to get an engagement ring. I felt like Things were going good finally, and I saw the potential she had to be a mother, and that made me want to marry her. Days before our trip to Puerto Rico for her birthday, I went to her house while she was out getting her hair done, and I showed her parents, her nephew, and her third eldest sister, the ring, and asked for their blessing. I was so scared. Like, her mother was always sweet to me. So there was a, a relief there. And I've always been real cool with that specific sister. um, To this day, like, we're mad cool. And so there was a bit of relief and hope when it, it came to those two. It was her dad that I wasn't too sure about. Because it took him forever to warm up to the idea of us being together again. Plus, her parents are Nigerian, so as an Afro-Latino American guy from the South Bronx, trust me when I tell you it wasn't easy proving to him that I, I was in it for the long haul. They all gave me their blessing, and Leo said yes. So many people were happy for us, but, you know, misery loves company. And there were those who envied our milestone. Specifically her best friend. But we'll get more into that later. From then on, we spent time traveling on occasion, raising her nephew, working, and attending a lot of get-togethers her best friend's grandmother hosted. But I had to take you back a bit, so the next few parts make sense. When... Leo and I got back together again years back. She introduced me to her best friend and her grandmother. Eventually the whole family. Very interesting people, to say the least. And not in a bad way. All in a good way. The grandmother, though. She's another person I will always be grateful to because she had no problem opening her home to me and plenty of other people, and she had zero issue with making sure people were fed, and you know, because there's just nothing like a home-cooked meal, and she was, she was very good at that. And so, with time passing, and my living situation being as complicated as it was, her best friend's grandmother's house became one of the few certain ways we could see each other, So whenever I wasn't busy and Leo would ask if I would want to meet up and head over there, of course I would make it happen. And that's how it was for a period of time. Leo, her best friend, and myself. Um, Her best friend started bringing her boyfriend around and he started bringing his friends around. And just like that, we were a group of friends We were all cool with each other. Her best friend was one of the first few people to congratulate us on our engagement, and eventually so did the others in this group. That's why it baffles me the way people in this group worked so hard to make sure we split up. And so things started spiraling out of control after a while. All the sunshine and smiles started to feel more like thunderstorms, and empty promises. Her best friend became what I call the unhappiest person in the room because that's exactly what she was. She hated the fact that Leo and I were taking steps to getting married and that we were seeing parts of the world. Her and her boyfriend only ever rambled on and on about visiting. And with zero doubt in my mind, I can say from then on, she started doing whatever she could to split us up. Now, fast forwarding to 2016 music found its way to me again. But in a way I really never expected. Daryl, who you guys know from episode one, he was getting married, and you've had the pleasure of meeting his wife last episode. Out of all the friends I made, and with the mutual friends Leo and I shared, Daryl and Jody were the first to actually make this happen. I was genuinely happy for them because I was there to see them add another brick to the foundation they were building. I'm saying this now, I will make sure to have them both on an episode to tell you in full detail how that night went, but in short, Daryl reached out to me one day and asked me if I still knew how to play guitar. I told him I practiced on occasion, and then he asked me to play at the wedding and i will never forget that night for as long as i live and the rest is history there's one major thing i did over the years that i want to speak on before we continue i'm not sure how i let myself get wrapped up in this but in my spare time i was gaming a lot mobile gaming mostly with people and teams i met online through these games it slowly became a priority especially after i was playing on teams ranked in the top 10 worldwide i would literally stop whatever i was doing whether it was on a date in the middle of working or anything else important i made time for these teams and my relationship was always my top priority But once it started to affect that, I backed away from it more and more. But I guess the damage had already been done. I was failing at being a good partner to the woman I asked to marry me. And I made sure to not ever treat my friends or any woman like that ever again. This is exactly why I don't play video games much. Too addicting. And all those hours I spend in front of a screen when I could be using that time being productive just made more sense logically. That's just for me personally. I'm not knocking anyone that that games. That's just how I feel about it. Back to the story. So it's 2018. Leo throws me a surprise birthday party at her best friend's grandmother's house. And I started to notice a shift in her behavior Whenever a certain guy from the friend group would come around, that very night we were all chilling and I had more than enough to drink. But I hadn't reached my limit yet, but it was still kind of enough for me to want to take a nap and sober up. So that's what I did. And once I sober up, I wake up to the group huddled in a circle and they're all playing truth or dare. And I just sat there with my eyes closed, listening, when I probably should have said something, but I sat there with my eyes closed, and I'm sure they thought that I was still sleeping, but I was just listening the whole time. And then with me listening, I'm hearing a lot of hee-hee-ha-ha and flirting between Leo and this dude I kept my eye on how they interacted from that night forward, and it never failed, because she'd be this overly nice and sweet person whenever he came around, but with me, she was always angry and violent. I knew exactly what was unfolding before my eyes, and her best friend saw it too. And things only got worse. Later that year, the uncle I told you I live with passed away, Right around the time, Leo and I came back from another vacation. My mom called me to break the news, and I know it hurt her because he was the one sibling that didn't treat her less than human because she had been struggling with so much through her life. And I I know my mom appreciated that from him. So I went to the building that he lived at to see if I could... Get any info on his funeral, and surprise, surprise, a lot of my family was there, and they were shocked that I showed up. The two aunts were there too. The cool aunt and I did some catching up. On the surface, it seemed innocent enough, but I know how my family is. I could see it on her face and could tell by the tone in her questions. She was waiting for me to reveal any tragic outcome over the years, but I knew better. I wasn't giving them no ammunition for them to laugh at or hold against me. The religious aunt barely spoke to me that day and avoided me completely from that day forward. After the funeral service, I barely spoke to my mom because she rushed back home, but I understood 100%. And with being around these people again, I felt like I felt like there was a, a chance to reopen the door of having a connection with people that were my family outside of my sisters. I even left my number for everyone to have access to, but nothing became of it. The cool aunt really reached out to me since then, but we for sure don't talk anymore. There's no reason to. I haven't seen or heard from the religious aunt ever again after the funeral. Trust me, I'm good on that. I really don't care. Somewhere in all this, the three-year-old I mentioned was born. And it got very complicated to be around Leo's family. And here's why. Leo publicly breaks up with me in the group chat. And yes, the guy I was suspicious of on my birthday that year was in the chat also. And people in the group reached out to me to see how I was. But one person actually cared about how I was really dealing with it all. He knows exactly who he is and how much I value him as a person and as a friend. I was determined to get her back, but she kept saying no. And it didn't make sense because around me, she would wear her ring. But around her nursing school buddies and gatherings with a group of friends, she always took it off. And I realized no matter how hard I tried, I really wasn't getting her back. Nothing I did was good enough. She just kept stringing me along and telling me, oh, soon or, oh, not yet. Meanwhile, she was living her life to the fullest. I was rapidly losing weight and depression took over full throttle. I was a wreck, both physically and mentally. And I knew I was getting strung along because she was still making moves to live with me when we got picked for a housing lottery. I only went through with gathering the paperwork we needed because I thought we could leave this all behind us but something happened that proved it wasn't meant to be. October 19th, we were gathering paperwork and brainstorming and planning the future. She left the room and I felt the need to check her phone because something was off. Ah, I, I know I shouldn't have done <clears throat> I know I shouldn't have done that. But I I couldn't understand how, like, how could she not want me, but could easily wear the ring I worked so hard to get her and also try to move in with me. So, you know, when you do some digging in your partner's phone, you're going to find something you don't like. So I encourage people, don't do that to yourself. You're only going to hurt yourself. And that's a lesson I learned not in this moment but um at the time that this was happening on I me mean, not in that moment but eventually i i learned that that's not a way for anybody to live you know to be invading someone's privacy because they don't know how to communicate, or you know, or there's like friction between you two, and it's just not a good feeling to be like that, you know, on both ends. To be on both ends of it, it's just not a good feeling. And with my digging, I found a screenshot of a very specific conversation between her and the guy from the friend group. And in this moment, I knew, like, I knew what the feeling was of what people describe as uh, um seeing red. That's how it felt. Like I it was so much rage that had built up in me that carried on with me ever since then with her. Um and if I was right to be suspicious all this time about this guy, then I knew I needed to find out more. But for now I just took a picture of it. And closed her phone. She came back in the room. Smiling and wearing the ring. And my heart truly broke that night. She asked if I was alright. And I said yeah. Because I knew if I told the truth. She'd lie and tell me there was nothing to worry about. Which became a common thing from her. My anger took over me. On my way to work that night. And so I sent the picture of the screenshot to the group chat and it started a wildfire very stupid of me to do this i know um she kept saying i humiliated her and so i individually texted everyone over the the span of time not all at once but i texted everyone and apologized even to the guy (sighs) And he assured me nothing happened between them. Yeah, okay. I know I was losing myself mentally because I refused to believe that when the proof was right there, I refused to believe that nothing was going on between them. When I had I had a piece of something bigger. I had a piece of something that belonged to something much bigger than what I thought it was so i did more digging only hurting myself even more and i found out enough to where it all made sense september 25th of that year her best friend hosted one of many wild truth or dare parties i'll leave the rest to your imagination four days later on the 29th that's when leo randomly decides to break up with me publicly in the chat i couldn't tell you why I still hung out with these people even after knowing all this. I I guess in some way I felt like I did something wrong and I wanted to make it right because I thought we were really friends. And after a while, it just felt very uncomfortable to be in the same room with all these people knowing there were nothing but secrets between them and Leo included. And with all this hurt, It was impossible to be around, to raise the boys, and so I grew distant. I was emotionally checked out, and Leo always said this to me, but never took accountability for the reasons why. With us hanging out still and wasting each other's time, Leo and I went back and forth, digging for things to throw in each other's faces. On my end, there wasn't much, but me telling friends what I was going through with her, and me spending time with a girl that was way better off as my friend versus us dating very different story for leo i found out and pieced together that she spent the last five plus years stepping out of our relationship with the very same guys i was always told not to worry about even during the time she said yes when i proposed that wasn't the hurtful part, though. It was even happening the night of the seven-year-old's first birthday party. That hurt a lot because I remember that night very well. And we took so many photos with him along with the rest of the family. And thinking back on it now, I still I, I still can't see where there was even time throughout that night to do any of this when we were all so busy and we were all enjoying ourselves and and it was it was special i mean yeah he cried a lot and couldn't take a nap that night because the music was so loud but that's a common thing babies do on their first birthday from what i've noticed it just really sucks that all this happened i always asked Why didn't she ever just sit down and talk to me about things and not sugarcoating it by saying we were unhappy or that we were in a bad place? Because five plus years is a long time to be unhappy with someone. Had she just told me she had enough and wanted to move on, I wouldn't have forced her to stay. That's selfish. And I really let this woman sell me a dream all these years that's the part I regret the most and so in 2019 my friends and sisters helped me rebuild myself Tommy was so helpful during this time he was so helpful with, with trying to get me to be my normal self again um, My another buddy of mine um Robert, you definitely helped with that. And so did your mother, who is our mother, but you know, you know how that goes. Um and Daryl was a huge help, you know, always trying to keep me around him and his family and stuff like that. And and Jody oh my god. Jody was really Really, really, a true friend to me in that time, like truly, you know true, Jody was a true friend, and this is why I love them both so much, you know, because they they know a lot of the and they've seen a lot of the dark times that that I went through that I had went through because of that relationship, and they always did their best to make sure that i was okay to check up on me to you know see how i was doing but it's not just them tommy too you know tommy definitely checked on me um my sisters they you know they asked about me and how i was doing and stuff like that so yeah i'm I'm very very grateful for them because they they did help me um rebuild myself in in ways so i started working out by myself mostly and put on about almost like 40 pounds of muscle no lie and for once i actually cared about myself everyone else was noticing it too and with me focusing on myself i couldn't be around the two little boys as much as i wanted to on the bright side of things Leo graduated nursing school and we were all so proud of her her father especially because he takes pride in telling people what his daughter's do for a living actually both parents are like that Leo and I didn't get the apartment and eventually she finds out <clears throat> and eventually she finds out her parents they wanted to move and that made me sad because despite whatever I was so used to having her in my life She was really my best friend once upon a time. Strangely enough, though, something happened that really changed us. I got an apartment, but it wasn't a permanent thing. And she expected me to take her along with me, but refused to see why I couldn't do that. For one, we weren't together, you know, and we were just doing this back and forth thing. Um, So that was one thing that was, so that was one thing that was uncertain. And also she just couldn't see what I was seeing. And if I dragged her into that situation, her parents would have hated me for, you know, putting their daughter in, in such an unsure thing, you know, and... I wanted to protect her from from that sort of thing. And it definitely caused a bigger divide between us. Plus, we never had time to heal from what we put each other through. And so I was the first to go, and I moved to Manhattan on the west side, a few blocks away from Central Park. And I spent a lot of mornings getting off work from my overnight job, dropping off my bag, and I'd sit at a few of my favorite spots inside Central Park and I'd watch the sun do its thing. Leo and I started seeing each other less and less and there was something I noticed though with very quickly with this freedom that we had with me having my own place and um, us having privacy away from her parents and her sisters we just could not stop butting heads and it was getting worse and worse it was so toxic and i wasn't trying to lose myself like that again and so we got into our last few explosive arguments and i definitely had enough and with the pandemic hitting it became harder to be around each other or even see each other her family moved and so did she We stayed in touch until that fizzled out. And in my time of healing, a Pisces woman just walks into my life. And it was short-lived, but, yo, it was unlike anything I ever experienced in my life. She genuinely cared about a lot of the little things about me. She loved my cooking, and... Was supportive of my creative ideas. She almost cried when I told her my life story. And I only told her the family stuff. I didn't tell her anything about. What I had went through with Leo. But. This Pisces woman and I. We were so gentle with each other. And I really needed that. I felt like I really needed that. After all. That I was used to. After all that I had been through. But. But you know, like I said, it it didn't last long, because we wanted other things in life, not other people, just other things, we learned so much from each other, um, one thing I'll never forget was, when I was telling her my story, my life story, um, I guess I was slouched, we were sitting on, on a bench, and I guess I was slouched, and, um, she says um when i finished she says you know i'm i'm so sorry you went through all this but um i know it bothers you and i told her i said no it doesn't bother me that's that that's just life you know that just happens and she called me out for it she said no i i know it bothers you because the way you're sitting right now you know and from here on, I want you to. When you speak to when you speak to people, regardless to how much pain you're dealing with, or regardless to how happy you are, or or whatever the situation may be, you stand tall. And you hold your head high in confidence. And you and you poke out your chest and you carry yourself confidently. Because that's something that. A man should ha- should be, and when I tell you, I I was speechless after that. I was so speechless because I never had anyone ever talk to me like that before, ever. And you know, she really she really did care about me. I I know that for sure, and I enjoyed that, you know. But on the good side, we we did end. On good terms. And you know that was that. Um, I think we would just. We had cross paths to. Teach each other. Certain things. And I think. I think we did just that. And. Uh, boy. Then I got lonely. And started to miss the kids. It wasn't just the two boys anymore. Leo's second eldest sister, had a daughter, and she's the two-year-old that I mentioned. Now, people who know um, how I feel about these children, they ask me all the time, like, do I really care about them? And I always say I do, because I do, and I always will, you know, because they represent pivotal parts of my adulthood, for sure, and they actually love me back it's very it's very nice it's very nice to feel like that you know um especially the oldest one he's my favorite person in the world and the uh the younger brother the 3 year old it took him a while to warm up to me it did but you know once that happened it was it was nice because they both started calling me <laughs> to this day they both call me just to say hi or to see how i'm doing and and things like that or you know anything and i'm just very very happy about that that i guess i've done something right for them to for them to feel the way that i feel about them um and with the youngest one the 2 year old i wasn't really around too much for her because things were getting pretty complicated but i don't know what happened i don't know how this happened but me and her got so like i don't want to say attached but we got so close to each other and it's 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 so i don't know how to explain it you know but there's a lot of love between us that's that's the best way I can put it you know um even times there's even times when all three of them they'll call me and they'll just keep saying my name over and over and over and you know just making noise or seeing how I'm doing or filling me in on on what's going on and things like that and um yeah that, that uh that means a lot to me for sure And that's what I missed more than anything because part of me still had a hatred for Leo, you know, after after everything and the way things ended before she moved. And I don't know, I just wanted, I just didn't want them to ever think that I didn't want to be around because I didn't care for them or anything like that. Like that wasn't the case, it was just really hard to pretend that you know things were okay when it was becoming impossible to really even be around you know so with that leo and i started hanging out again throughout 2021 and it honestly was a complete waste of time and i knew this because she begged to spend my 30th birthday with me she takes me out to dinner just to record the food like I wasn't right next to her and then eventually sneak off to the bathroom and take pictures like she always did and it took one final straw to break the camel's back and that straw was when she told me in an argument that I would be nothing without her and that there will always be options that's all I needed to hear and so you know I just said okay whatever and after that I just completely abandoned hope any hope that she had changed and it pissed her off my anger for her subsided a lot but I was starting to feel it resurface again with being around her and I'm just like I don't want to feel like this around anybody ever. I don't want anyone to ever bring me to this this feeling ever again, you know, like it's just not good. It's just really not good. And over time she would reach out to me and ask if I wanted to see the kids, and I really am thankful she allowed me that much. So I would see them here and there on the weekends or I'd FaceTime them for the holidays. I actually got to speak to them around Christmas as well as her sisters too. Matter of fact, her parents called me individually to wish me a happy new year. Once again, her dad shocked me because we must have gotten really close over the years for him to even do something like that. You know, it it seems like yesterday he was screaming he didn't want to see me around his daughter again. Now look how far we've come, you know, and he cared enough to reach out and wish me well. But I realize now that I need to leave those memories and hurt and things behind me. Does this mean I won't ever see the kids again? I'm sure our paths will cross again. But for now, I have to focus on my life and what's best for me. Now I'm really not going to settle for just anything or let anyone sell me a dream. I don't want to regret any decision I make going forward. I I want to dedicate my time to this project and work on cementing my own legacy. If I could have it my way, I'd work from home in my Brooklyn apartment. And travel the world talking to as many people that would ever want to sit across from me. And share bits of their life. And a strange thing happened too. I wanna to throw this in really quick. Um my overnight job ended on New Year's Eve. After being there for almost four years, it was definitely it was definitely uh kind of emotional. Um I mean nobody cried, you know, it was you know, everybody just gave me a lot of love, surprisingly, and uh, with that well, with that dead end job ending, uh my manager at the agency I work for, you know another one trying to sell me a dream, wants to give me this opportunity, and the funny thing about it is he's so gung-ho about it and I remember telling him like listen I don't really want to work here of all the things to say he says are you kidding me this is the opportunity of a lifetime you're going to be making 19 plus 19 dollars in some change an hour and I really just sat there as he finished talking, you know, on the phone, and I just sat there, and I, I really thought to myself, like, this is not it, like, this is not, this is not how I want to spend the rest of my life, I, I cannot, I can't do this anymore, you know, like, I'm tired of this dead-end job stuff, I'm, I'm tired of, you know, going places where I don't want to be, and, you know, I, I'm I'm just tired of being unhappy, and, and you know, like, my, my goal is still to make a living doing something I love, and being comfortable in a home that I've actually made for myself, like, a home that actually is in my name, you know, like, that sort of thing, you know, like, a home that I know that I worked very very hard to make happen um but honestly I you know I don't really think I have much of a choice with this with the way things are looking as much as I really don't want to do this but if in order to get the life that I want and that I feel like I deserve if I have to push myself through this dead end job one last time, fine I'll do it if i gotta if i gotta start working on school again as much as I'm not really sure about that either, but if that's gonna be my way out, you know to the comfortable life that I wanna live then fine, I'll swallow my pride and you know do this dead end job and Then, you know, pick up a trade like I've always wanted to or resume the trade that I've always wanted to do, which was to be an EKG technician. But that's not really where my heart is, though. You know, like. It's really not. It's. I feel like. This is where it is. You know, I feel like podcasting. I don't want to sound like one of those people, like, I want to make, I want to be a podcaster that makes money. Like, I don't, I don't, I know there's ways of doing that, you know. And my focus with this project has not ever been about the numbers or, or for any sort of, like, monetary gain. But, man, you know, something, something in this project, you know, like, I wish there was something I could do. You know' to so where I'm doing this, waking up, and I get to do this for a living, you know, talking to my friends and talking to whoever i I come across that actually wants to talk to me, you know um yeah that's that's what I would really want, you know this is a thing that i've I've built from the ground up, and I love all of it, like, I truly love all of it, you know, and, yeah, so, that's that, but, um, I gotta finish the story, though, because there's, (laughs) there's a bit more, so, the last thing I recall telling the Pisces woman was I wanted to start a podcast, it was one of the few times, actually, the last time we slow danced to oldies in my kitchen and she told me I should go for it and look where we are, you know, look where we are. Ten episodes in a full season later, I set out to do something I fell in love with and it's my greatest achievement in life so far, you know. Would I give her all the credit for encouraging me? Absolutely not. None of this would have been possible without the nine people that sat across from me and believed enough in this project to support it. None of this would have been possible without all the brainstorming we did before recording these episodes. None of this would have been possible if a stranger I met on Reddit hadn't sat down with me via Zoom and did the first actual episode that won't ever see the light of day because it was terrible. But you know i'm i'm grateful to him too you know actually he has a podcast called strangers no more and i want you guys to check it out cuz it's it's brilliant it's 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 a very brilliant concept and none of this would have been possible without you listeners taking this show across countries and states i've never stepped foot in and i don't have to tell you how i spent my my 30th year because this project is all the proof you need. I can't thank you enough for being here to listen to me rant and curse and ramble with my friends. It means everything in the world to me, you know. Um, I'd really like to keep you up to date with how the next 30 years turn out. And if I'm not too worn out, I'll tell you about the next 30 years after that. <laughs> Before I wrap this up, there's a few more things to say and a few more people to thank. The reason why I really just stopped talking to Leo as much as I did or or leaving myself available to any sort of communication is because it was just this constant back and forth that I cannot deal with anymore from anyone for any reason, you know? And I also feel like if I didn't get away from that, you know over over the the span of the months that I've taken to focus on this project, it probably wouldn't have ever happened you know you know i I wouldn't have been able to sit with Daryl and jody and and just rant with my buddy Garvin or um even Soraya, you know, like she's literally her artwork is the face of this podcast and Yo, she's she's really really come through for me in so many ways, man. Like she's a good friend, you know, and and with Nyla it's like she's a very good friend, you know? She's a very good friend and I almost lost her for good because back in um 2020, I believe it was, because I was moving and things were just so complicated. And I had already lost a friend that was my, you know, the the girl from the band. I remember calling her one day. And the heartbreaking thing about it was she's like, hey, are you okay? I said, yeah, um, I'm good. I, I just, I found your number and I wanted to speak to you. And she says, well, I don't really know what more there is to say. It's been nine years. And that, that really hit because it's like, yo, I did let this girl dictate a lot of my friendships and I lost a very good friend in in this person and I saw I sort of felt like that was happening with Nyla and I'm just like nah like you're you're too good of a person for me to ever let you just slip away you know like that sort of thing um and and even the conversations I've had with with you know with Chris and, and Sanji and with Tommy definitely you know like had I been really sitting there with with Leo wrapped up under her I wouldn't have had such a good conversation that I had with Tita and I have to focus on myself I know that now I I know that before I get into thanking everybody I only name drop the people that I intend to have on this podcast one day someday but before I get to that is something that I want to say to the kids in case they ever get to hear this. I don't want you guys to ever think that you were the reason I decided to leave or to not come around anymore. Life just got really hard for me and, you know, your aunt made it almost impossible to to be around, you know, and to enjoy my time with you guys. To the seven-year-old, you are the smartest kid ever. And I know you know it because you've always been super smart and multi talented, and so many people love you, so many people love you, you know, especially me. You are always and will forever be my favorite person in the world and I'm so happy you got your first d j set for Christmas. I know you're gonna have a lot of fun with that um to the three year old you always fascinate me and The world could learn a thing or two from how sweet and passive you are, you know. But eventually, you're going to have to stand up for yourself. But in the meantime, I know your brother and so many other people that care about you. They'll they'll do anything to protect you. Don't you ever, ever doubt that. And finally, last but certainly not least, the two-year-old with a firecracker personality. Listen, you are so advanced for your age and you have such a big heart for someone so tiny. I don't understand it and I love you guys very much. I don't want you to ever question that, okay? So yeah, this is uh damn, we're at the we're at the ending of season 1. I'd love to work on season 2 in the meantime because there's there's some people I definitely have in mind that I would like to talk to and um, introduce you guys to as well. Everyone that's been a part of this, this project, I want to thank Daryl, Jody, Garvin, Saraya, Nyla, Chris, Sanji, Tommy, Tita. You know, thank you so much. Robert, you already know what I told you thank you, thank you, thank you, you and your mom for everything, ever, 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 I know she's my mom too now, well, she's been my mom for a while now, but thank you guys so much, you know, Um, Ryan, uh, this might be a long shot, but I never really got to thank you either, and your mom, and and your family for always um, opening you know, your, your homes to me, who else, uh, Rhea, Adrian, Jada, Daniela, thank you guys so much for everything, and most importantly, thank you for, for listening to, to all this, um, my family, I gotta thank my family, I'm so sorry, my sisters, you know, despite whatever, I will always love you guys, um, my my nieces and nephews, I will always love you guys. So, with all that anger and stuff that I had for Leo, I guess the question is, do I have it still? But I don't. I don't. I don't have any hate for her, even though, somewhere in in all of this, I had lost my best friend in her. I still want the best for her. I want her to be happy. She would make somebody an incredible mother, hell, even even a wife, you know. Who knows? Um but no, I don't I don't hate her anymore. Uh, that's that's a thing of the past. It doesn't make sense. But uh with that said, everyone I'm going to get out of here now. If I didn't whoever I didn't mention in my thank you I'm so sorry. Um but just know that you are appreciated with your support in this project. Love you. I care for you. My mind is just all over the place right now with with everything. I'm sorry. Yeah, um I'm going to get out of here now. I I have life to live. But if you ever need someone to talk to for whatever reason, whether it's for the show, or, you know, you just want to send an email in private, or talk in private, or whatever you prefer, I'm always here to listen, um, yeah, so you can find me personally on Instagram at underscore Leon Sinclair underscore, and that's underscore l e o n s i n c l a i r underscore it's all together that's my instagram handle and you can follow the podcast page at more to it podcast you can also email the podcast at m o r e the number two i t P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Thank you guys again. Uh take care.